Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm uh, here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, Jamal, how's things going in New York? Going pretty well. It's been a little little hectic. Uh, got some snow early in the morning. Snow. Some unexpected snow. They said it was going to be oh, an wow. inch. We got about, you know, two or three. Uh, well, you know, you had, the big, you had the big storm a couple weeks ago, right? A few weeks ago. So this is child's play. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing for us tough New Yorkers. Nothing. I'm looking for. I'm looking at snow-capped mountains as I look out of the window here, but no snow on the ground. And beautiful. Anyway, so um, you know we've got quote unquote the big game coming up. Right. Sunday. Right. I'm looking forward you know, to it. Carolina and and uh, and uh, Denver. Right. And uh, a little later, we've got um, really special guests. You know, you know Jonathan Jones, who covers the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, is going to come on and talk about what. Things like there. He's very excited because this is his first Super Bowl, right? And he's from there and all that. So anyway, Jamal, what do you think, man? Have you, have you? Who do you like and why? Well, you know, I mean, I like Carolina. I've liked them from from the point that we knew what we that we knew what the matchup would be. Um, but I have to admit, and I guess this is normal. You know, as you know, as time has gone on, and you know, it's a two week. <laughs> weight we have for the Super Bowl but as, as <laughs> right. you know coming into this second week and as we approach the game I have begun to you know be a little worried about my initial pick uh, Carolina I still think they'll win but I do kind of feel now that it's going to be a close game uh, Denver's defense has been to me the best probably the best defense in the NFL all year uh, and especially the way they played against New England and how they shut down Tom Brady I definitely think uh, Cam Newton is a different beast than than Tom Brady he brings a lot more to the table and he's going to be tougher to corral. But I don't think I don't see Carolina doing uh, to that Denver defense what they've done what they did uh, you know against Arizona, so no. or or Seattle. So I think it's going to be a close game. I, I'm looking for like for a uh, you know pretty close game like 24-20 Carolina. You're still okay. So you're still picking Carolina. Yeah, I still you know I still got to roll with Cam. <laughs> Well, no, I don't mean to laugh. By the way, you wrote a very, very, very nice piece. Uh, um, anybody who listens can check it out on uh, CBS, what, CBSlocal.com or CBS.com? Yeah, CBS, CBSlocal.com. Talk to uh, to Cam Newton's father, Cecil. Uh, you know, ask him a few questions about, obviously, all the talk about Cam Newton and the black quarterback stuff, but also about, you know, just about how he raised him and how, you know, he introduced him to the game and and what he's taught him over the years and how to handle different situations. Yeah. So everybody read it, and maybe, Jamal, you will call him and have him be on our show. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. He'll, he'll, I, I'm pretty confident he'll, he'll come on with us. Yeah, well, it was a good piece. It was very, it was very, very, uh, very good piece. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people got Cam Newton's father. You know, everybody's gotten him, but right. not his father. You know, I mean, that's the thing about this thing. You know, the NFL is anyway – Everything is one big buildup. Right. And given two weeks, man, it gives you time to think, then rethink, then think and rethink. Um, you know, uh, also there have been a couple of pieces I know in the Times and other places. I mean, this is sort of, there's a whole sort of anti-football thing going on, which I, I guess is not necessarily totally unearned. Right. But, um, you know, big piece about, you know, Ken Stabler died. Uh, I guess Ken Stabler, the, the snake, the Hall of Fame quarterback from the Raiders died, um, I guess, a year ago or some months ago. And um, they're looking at his brain and find out, surprise, surprise, that, you know, he had the severe head trauma right. because of repeated blows to the head. Right. Um, and um, I think somebody else came out. What, what do you – I'm just curious. I know we've talked about this before, and I, I guess – it's 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 a timely thing to raise during the Super Bowl, you know, when everybody's kind of lathered up for the game. It's ah, now remember, you know, this is a a, a gladiator a gladiatorial combat 
What do you, what do you think of, of, of this? I mean, you know, um, you know, with the movie and then, you know, there's a story of Willie Wood, the former Green Bay Packer, great Hall of Fame safety who's really, it's not a new story, but, you know, he's not doing any better. He's doing pretty bad. Right. What, what, what are your thoughts? Does it damper your enthusiasm for the Super Bowl or for football in general? You know, un, unfortunately, no, it doesn't. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like, you know, I do feel a little guilty now uh, that you bring all that up because obviously, obviously these are serious, serious issues. Um, mm. And on top of that, the NFL, you know, I mean, it's pretty much acknowledged now that it was they tried to cover it up for years and years. Um, you know the true toll that this this stuff was taking. Even though, you know, if you're an, if you're an intelligent fan, you kind of you you know, there's no excuse for not understanding you know the pitfalls of of playing in the NFL. So it's, I do feel like even with the NFL trying to hide the true effects, that as fans we all knew for a long time that the NFL was a dangerous sport. And that exactly. a lot, well, that's why you watch, right? That's why. Yeah, that's why. That's why we watch it. We love. We love <laughs> violence and all that. So no, but it, it's very, very sad. It does make you stop and think about what's going on. But I, you know, I'm still a fan. I'm still a football fan. I'm still looking forward to the Super Bowl. I'm still looking forward to next season. You know, once the Super Bowl is over, so it hasn't. It hasn't changed that. Mm-hmm. And I do. And but in the long run, I think. I think all of this attention is a good thing, even for the NFL. They've been forced to make changes. They've been forced to put a lot of money into, you know, better equipment, uh, better technology. And I do think that will that will have an effect and lessen some of you know you know a lot of the the injuries that occur. It will it will never uh, eradicate them totally, and and it's going to always be a dangerous sport. And it's going to be all, always be a da- a sport where you have to make a decision. You know, for your kids and and the players themselves have to are always going to have to decide whether it's worth it in the long run. So when you young Jamal, you know, when your son Kareem, yeah, about five or six, seven, eight years, you know, says he wants to uh, play pee wee football, is is the answer no? I would. I don't think I would say no. I th- I think uh, you know my your wife, my wife would say, would say no. no. <laughs> um, you know, I might be like, ask your mother. If I, <laughs> but uh, the ultimate cop out. Yeah, it might cop out. But you know, I, I mean, I played. I you know, I grew up loving football at a young age. I played in high school. Um, you know, it's all. If I feel like, but you didn't know. You didn't know. Do you think? Do you think? What you think? Would Clyde let you play if he knew? You know, I mean, he knew. He, he, he you know, my father tried to stop me from playing. I mean, he kind of used like, uh, you know, he he would try to reason with me, and you know, he didn't <laughs> tell me not to play. He he made it clear that he thought it was it wasn't smart for me to play, but you know if you you know make your own decision. Um, but I was you know I was big for my age, you know I was probably one of the bigger guys on my on my team, um, so maybe that maybe that's you know plays a part. Um, I always loved the game. I think mm-hmm. you know you have to. I think you have to look at your kid. If I if if my child. You know, and I I don't feel like he's physically developed enough. Then I then I might say no. But if I think if I if I look around and and feel like I you know I think he can handle himself, I think I would let him play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, down the road. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm I'm you know working on a collection of essays about you know ethics, morality, and and fans, and you know increasingly how do you. You know, it's one thing, you know, back 20, 30, 40 years ago when you kind of hide, well, I don't really know. Right. But that, like you said, it just makes sense. I mean, if you crashing up against a brick wall <laughs> repeatedly, right. you got to figure it's not great for your health. You know? Right, right. Uh, but so I guess the question becomes, and we're getting a little far afield from the Stupor Bowl. Um, you, you, you know, and I've, I've, I did, did when we had Demario Davis on the show, did he? I think, you know, you should maybe, we should go back and listen to that and maybe bring some of it up. Because I'm sure we probably asked him, you know, why he why he plays, why he continues to play, and would he play? Yeah, you because know, I guess we do as a society. I, I don't see this going. I don't see the NFL going away. You know, um, right? Uh, there, there's just too much money. But, you, know, I, you know, or not just forget the NFL, even college football. I just don't see it going away. Yeah, I don't see it going know? away, and and there is a socioeconomic aspect to it. Um, I think I think I remember Demario Davis saying that you know he would interest, introduce his son to other sports or you know right. he would his son would be more uh, educated 
you know, about the pitfalls and all that than he was. Um, so, but that's but that's like you know to me that's like a socioeconomic issue where okay right. he's you know he'll be more informed but you know he'll you know he he's making money now he puts himself in a higher tax bra- bracket which means he right. has he's he has access to more knowledge so his son will have access to more knowledge but the kids who grew up like he did will still be in the same yep. boat so exactly. I think you know and, and you know and and that's that's really just accounts for the drive of some of some kids in terms of trying to get to the NFL. It's still I still feel like even for rich kids, it's still going to be a popular sport that people are going to want to play at the high school level and and as far as they can get. I mean, there's a there's a lot of dangerous stuff out there. Uh, you know, um, I, I was going to do how many people annually are killed or seriously injured? You know, climbing mountains. Right. How many are killed or seriously injured? You know, climbing. You know, doing the rock climbing. How many people are, you know, maimed and killed and injured uh, doing, you know, uh, NASCAR and race car? And, and that these are people we don't even hear right. of, you know, over the period of, of a young person's life in soccer where you head all the time. How many, you know, so, you know, I guess at some point you have to just say, what are we talking about here? You know, um, a lot of stuff is dangerous and maybe you know something's dangerous and you, you know, continue to take cautions, but there's a... Uh, uh, there's a uh, you know that warning on the label, right? Saying this is you right. know this is hazardous to your health, right? And like you know, like I said, I think the NFL, college, they're, they're taking steps to at least lessen it as much as possible. For instance, less hitting in practice. I've seen you know I, I watched I think it was uh, sixty uh, sixty minutes on sports or something like that, that on Showtime, where. You know, college teams are eliminating the you know that the one-on-one tackle drill and stuff like that, and make and making it safer as safe as possible. But you know, once you get to the game time, uh, you're taking a risk. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you know, now that we've got we've fulfilled our moral <laughs> obligation, back to the game. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I mean, I I hear so many people, and I'm, again, I'm here in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, and I'm hearing on these radio talk shows they're talking. about, I just don't see how the Broncos are going to do it. I don't see how Peyton is going to do it. You know this. And whenever you start hearing the odds stack that, that here, and particularly here in Vegas, uh, that stack that uh, so heavily in favor of let's say Carolina, right. uh, I, I get concerned. Right. Because these are two great teams. I mean, they wouldn't get here if they weren't great. And I think that. You know, this is an interesting thing in life. I was thinking about that on the way to the studio, that all of us, you know, um, at at a certain point, you get to a point in your your career, you've been someplace for thirty years or a long time, you know, and you know, it's, it's your time is it's sort of your time now to give it to somebody else, you know, your 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 mantle is passed and that kind of stuff, and that what that might mean, not that you necessarily resign or something, but that you know you're not the main guy, right? You know. And and you hand off, and I think that Peyton Manning realizes that you know he's he's not the guy. He's basically the guy who hands off. He's he's he manages it, and he's got the advantage though. That one one advantage that he's got that Cam Newton does not have is I don't care what you say. There's there's no there's no teacher like experience. You know everybody could tell you what the Super Bowl's like. You know and I've covered you know I don't know fourteen or fifteen of them or something. Right. You know, everybody could tell you what it's like, but until you're there, you know, it's it's just a different, it's just different. And, um, you know, and, and I think that if they win this game, if Denver wins it, it's not going to, it's not going to be because of Peyton Manning. Right, I agree. It, you know what I mean? Uh, and, but I do think that if, if Carolina loses, it may well be because of something that they were able to force Cam Newton to do. So... You know, I think. You know, I mean, I, I I think it's a great matchup. I think it'll be a lot of, a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, I, you know, I I agree with you. I, I'm a little worried about uh, Carolina maybe being a little overconfident. You know, I'm not. That's a good. You know, I, you're talking to uh, Jonathan Jones. He'll he'll know much better about that than me. He's he's been around him all year, and he's been around him these last two weeks. So that that'll be interesting to know. So you know, I'm a little worried about them being overconfident. Um, because you know, I mean, it's human nature. You, they know that they are the favorites, um, and they're coming off of two pretty dominant wins in the NFC. 
and and meanwhile they're going to face a, a tough defense, and we know defense can you know keeps you in games. Um, but I do worry. I also on the other side I worry about Peyton Manning. There are just certain throws he cannot make, so it makes me think that you know the Carolina defense, which is very good, also you know should be able to you know they have two weeks to two weeks to to get ready for this. They should be able to identify uh, what throws Peyton can and cannot make and be able to key on him. Um, so I like Carolina, uh, the Carolina's defensive matchup as far as that goes. And Cam Newton, I, yes, right, he's never experienced the Super Bowl, and I know, um, you know, I, I agree with you there that you know experience is a, means a lot, and that we don't really know how he's going to react. But if if there's anybody I wouldn't mind having in that position, I think it's Cam right. Newton. Um, right. You know, he had never experienced the. NCAH uh, national championship game got there took care of that um you know I think I think his just his just le- his level of confidence is sky high and I don't even think it's a uh, you know a temporary thing I think that's just how he's built and I, exactly. I feel like he you know he he this is where he expects to be um you know like I like you said like you mentioned I talked to his father and I, I felt like you know his father's been training him for this since he was seven years old so and and he has obviously he has the athletic ability and the and the size and all that, but it, but his mental game is something that people don't really talk about. And if you really examine what he's done, um, you know, he, it's because he's very. There's no way you do that without being extremely strong mentally and smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's you know, what do you think this may do to his legacy? Because you know we. Yeah, uh, and I, we, again, you know, we've got Jonathan Jones coming up, and he could talk about all this. But you know, I, I, we're talking about two two legacies here. You know, uh, Cam Newton's emerging legacy, and of course, Peyton Manning's legacy built up over you know eighteen years or so. Whose legacy will be most impacted? Do you think by uh, by this game? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think it's tough. I really, I really don't think either one um, will be affected, you know, that much by this one Super Bowl game. And I say that because, for let's start with Peyton Manning. Everybody, everybody knows this is probably his last hurrah. We know that his skills have diminished. I think his legacy is already pretty much written, no matter what happens here. Like you said, if he wins, it's probably not going to be because of Peyton Manning that they win this game, and everybody will know that. If he loses and plays poorly, you know, he, he's injured, he's old. You know, I, th- I think his legacy is already written. And at, on the other spectrum of it, you have Cam, who, you know, personally, I feel he's this, we're going to see it regardless. If he wins or loses, we're going to see him here again. I mean, I know, you know, I was a, I'm a huge Dan Marino guy. And you would have you would have thought that Dan Marino would be back here, um, but I mean right. Cam is just a different animal. I mean he, you know he, he has less weapons than Dan Marino ever had, and people used to say Dan Marino didn't have didn't have weapons. You know Cam can get it done so many ways. He's just so imposing, and like I like I mentioned the mental game. I just feel like you know we're gonna see Cam around for a long long time at at the top of the profession. Um, obviously, if he wins this. I mean, it just sets it, it. You know, it just sets his, you know, his bar to a whole nother level sooner. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I don't really worry about either either one of their legacies now. But but I do think Cam probably thinks about his legacy now, and that's another right. reason um, to watch out for Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's you know uh, they they sort of remind me of um, Seattle in a way. In that, you know, when Seattle won a couple of years ago, no wide receivers to speak of. I mean, you know, nobody that, at least on paper, you know, threatened. Right. But, you know, but but you know, this is you know, this is the National Football League, and everybody there is pretty good. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you know what right. I mean. So, um, so that'd be good. So, so we're gonna hear from uh, Cam Newton, and uh, in, in fact, uh, we 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 uh, not. I'm not. I'm sorry, folks. We're not going to hear from Cam Newton, but we're going to hear from the next best thing. We're going to hear from uh, Jonathan Jones, right. who is the great reporter for the Charlotte Observer, and he covers uh, Carolina. And, um, uh, you know, he has some very interesting things to, to say. So after this word from our sponsor, 
We will hear from Jonathan Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. So my guest is uh, the wonderful Jonathan Jones, a reporter for the Charlotte Observer, uh, covers the Carolina Panthers. And uh, by the way, Jonathan, I must tell you this. I wrote a column, and, uh, and one of the editors edited something that you had put, uh, something you had wrote, a nice piece you had written, and he edited in my column, but he misspelled mm-hmm. your name. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's a shame. Yeah, that's it, all right, though. I'll, no, well, I'll wait for my real New York Times debut another time. Yeah, well, actually, hopefully it'll be you'll be there and you'll be actually covering the NFL for us. That, or even <laughs> write, or so. even write in a column. <laughs> yeah, better still, sooner sooner than later, brother. Yeah. Um, so anyway, listen, man. Welcome, welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks thank for you being all. back on the show. And man, I'm so excited for you. I mean, this is. Uh, I think what this is your first Super Bowl. My first Super Bowl, and uh, obviously with that first Super Bowl covering a team, I know a lot of people here have covered a couple Super Bowls, and, and if they haven't, then they're they're here for the first time. Uh, you know, just kind of covering the entire Super Bowl, but it's different covering as a beat writer. It is uh, it's quite the grind, but it's been fun so far. Yeah, what you, what what have you been doing? I mean, not only are you covering it, but you're covering the Panthers, the hottest team in football. And the team that you grow up, you grew up, uh, you grew up in North Carolina, right down the yeah. street. So I mean, this is like a lot going on. Yeah, there is a lot going on. You know, the Observer brought I think thirteen people wow. uh, out here, and so we have been able to uh, kind of delegate a lot of. You know, I didn't have to go to the Coldplay halftime show con- <laughs> uh, the press conference yesterday, right? Uh, <laughs> there, my bosses are letting me focus on football, and so. Uh, that's, that's what I've been doing. And so, you know, obviously this Super Bowl, it being in the Bay Area, the teams are in San Jose, the game's in Santa Clara, the media center's in San Francisco, so there's been a lot of back and forth, but, uh, but it's been great so far. Just, uh, some long hours, but thankfully for me, uh, working in print, at some point, there is a deadline. <laughs> and, uh, so, well, but not with the internet, right? It could, it's go, it could go on forever. It could, it certainly could, but uh, but luckily these guys haven't made a lot of uh, haven't made a lot of noise, and so uh, at night, so that's been a that's been a plus for me. So tell me, what do you, what do you think? I mean, you're 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 covering Carolina. I guess it starts with Cam Newton, just in terms of being the focal point. How has he held up uh, um, uh, under all this? You know, he created the firestorm before. You know, when he talked about in Carolina about uh, people being afraid of him because he was. You know this big black guy. Um, hello. Right, right. Oh, okay. What's what's happened? What's happened from that point now? How has he been? Yeah, he's been okay. You know, uh, he talked. I guess three, maybe four times. Uh, they're all kind of running together, but you know, he's he's been he's been pretty good. Now, in the past couple of days, um, he's kind of rolled his eyes at a few questions that he's gotten a number of times and asked in, in different ways. So I can understand that. Um, he, he's been very demonstrative though in, in how he, uh, in how he rolls his eyes, but, uh, he's also, he's also, when he's been on, he's been on. And if he, if you ask him a question that he hasn't gotten for the 70th time out here, he's going to, uh, he's going to be able to, uh, answer and give you some good stuff. Mm-hmm. What, um, how, have, have you sensed any change in his demeanor of whether he's, he's, he's kind of tired or whether he's really amped because i mean you've been around him enough to sort of read his body language where, where do you think he is um mentally physically spiritually yeah yeah i think uh, he, he's certainly tired of, of all the media and, and luckily for him it's it's done now you know i think i think the fatigue would set in on just about every, anyone now at this point uh, on opening night media night or whatever um i think he was prepared for all the silly questions he would get and of course a bit of a circus and then the first day he talks uh, at the podium, and, and that was okay. Uh, but then it continues, and he's just, it, it wears on him. And it wore on a lot of those guys. In fact, I joked with a number of Panthers, um, uh, Greg Olson. I said, Greg, what, uh, did you get any Cam questions today? Did you have to be asked about uh, Cam's maturity? 
And, you know, he kind of rolled his eyes because that's what he said. Everyone goes to him, apparently, for the Cam Newton maturity <laughs> question after three years. Right. So, uh, but no, it's, it, it's been a lot. But fortunately for all of them, they're done. And fortunately for the beat writers, they're done, too. Because, <laughs> well, I, I, I ran out of questions, so. Uh, let, let me ask you, what is your function? What is your role? I mean, this is your first Super Bowl, but it's almost like an out-of-body experience. What has it been right. like for you covering this? I mean, in other words, everybody could tell you what it's like, but, you know, and it's one thing, I've, I've covered a bunch of them, never, mm-hmm. you know, with, obviously not with a, you know, not with a, a, a Jets team there or something, but what's it been right. like for you to to cover this, um, cover the Super Bowl, cover the championship? You know, it's been, I think anyone, any journalist worth, worth his or her salt, uh, you know, takes a lot of pride in what they do. And they want to, you know, as the stakes get higher, they want to perform at the commiserate to that level. And so, you know, the Panthers are in the postseason. Well, this is, you know, postseason writing for me. So mm. I want to put out some of my best stuff. Mm. Um, you know, what? what's important to me is I don't want to get beat on any story. Mm. And here at the Super Bowl, and that's every day. Right. But here at the Super Bowl, it would be, uh, gosh, you know, you don't want to wake up and, and see something that, man, how did we not have that this week? How did we not have this this year? And I think, uh, and, and not to, uh, you know, sound arrogant whatsoever, but just kind of straight, shooting it straight, I think that uh, Joe Person, my colleague, and myself have, have, uh, uh, have done such a good job at uh, this, the past six or seven months that there's nothing out there that, that we haven't had. Um, and so I feel comfortable with that, uh, that if you do your job since training camp, that this is kind of a natural progression. And so here we are a couple of days before the Super Bowl and feeling good, feeling great. What, what do you think? I mean, I know I was thinking about this ride to the studio, so I'm going to ask him, who do you like? I mean, you can't, you can't say you don't like <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> you know, you, you, your sources will dry up overnight. But what do you, how do you think this game is going gonna, is gonna to play out? You know, it, it it's tough because you. I feel a certain way, and then so many other people feel that way, and Vegas feels that way, to where I want to I want to back off it. But it, it's true. It's it's completely true. I mean, the Panthers are the better team. I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Peyton is going to make some mistakes. Um, I think Cam is going to rise to, to raise his level of play like he always does championship game. Uh, I think the Panthers' defense is, is going to be able to, to pick off Manning, even though he hasn't had a pick since he came back. Um, and, and I think that they're going to have a tough time with Carolina's running game and, and the diversity of that running game. So, it, listen, if this is a if this is a pinpoint game, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised mm. because I think the Panthers are the better team, and I think they're the better team by at least the score. So, uh, I know that's easy for the the hometown beat writer to pick, <laughs> but um, but mm. really, I mean, I look at this very objectively. And I just I don't I don't see the Broncos winning this game. Mm. You know, I, I, what I was thinking about. And I, I've been listening to you know everybody, and I always start getting concerned. You know, over the course of time I've been doing this, when one team is such a a heavy favor, not heavy in terms right. of going by 30 points, I start getting very concerned because, you know, Carolina's young and you start kind of believing this stuff and they're on this roll, and that's why they call it an upset, <laughs> you know, because, right. you know, I mean, and, and, and every game is determined by two. And, and frankly, I don't think that everybody talked about Peyton Manning. I, and I, I was, uh, you know, Jamal and I were talking about this, that, you know, you know for, for those of us who've been in the business for a, a real long time, there comes a point where your time, not necessarily your time has passed, but it's time to turn the torch, you know, pass the torch to someone else. Right. And I think in Peyton's thing, it's like he's not the one that's going to win or lose this. His job basically now is to, you know, hand off, manage it. And because he's been around so long, there'll probably be some things that he can see that Cam probably can't see and Cam won't see for another, you know, couple Super Bowls. And right. And uh, you, you you just never you never know how somebody responds to adversity and that kind of stuff. So I don't think you know we talk about uh, Peyton Manning. I don't really think this is really about him. And I think he finally realizes that it's not about him. Yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't need to be about him, right? Because he can't he can't single handedly win them this game. I, right. I fully agree. I mean, Von Miller can 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 wreak some havoc on Cam, of course, to Marcus Ware and, and the all-pros that they have in their defensive backfield. 
but but Peyton just has to get it to Demarius Thomas and let him run. He has to get it to Emmanuel Sanders. They have to hope that only Daniels gets open, uh, that the Panthers forget to cover him because uh, Peyton and his arm. I know Luston talks about his arm strength, and it's true. I mean, he's, right. he's going to be attacking the middle of the field, and that's where the best linebacker in football is going to be prowling. It's Luke Keekley. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I completely believe Thomas Davis is going to be effective at this game, despite the broken forearm. So. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, he's hurt. I mean, how, how do you come back? <laughs> you know, it, you know, we we cover these games. It's like cartoon violence. You know, like right, like the road right. runner gets the safe. You know, dropped on top of him, then he's back the next. Three. I mean, that, that's a broken forearm. It's not like. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a stronger man than I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's it's pretty amazing, but you know what? I wrote a column after the Arizona game, mm-hmm. and I haven't been around Thomas for his entire career, but mm-hmm. I was there for his third ACL uh, recovery, mm-hmm. and I just saw how he fought back from that, and how he's handled himself in the in the years since that uh, ACL reconstruction, the third one, and being the first person to ever come back from that. And there was no doubt in my mind. I, it, it really it didn't matter to me what the break was, uh, and, and when I found out, it, it made complete sense. But I, I knew. Thomas would be playing Super Bowl 50 um, <laughs> at halftime of that game that, mm. that he broke the forearm. Mm. Well, just tell me so, or two more things before, before I let you go. What's what's it, what's the atmosphere like in, in Santa Clara? Are you, we're going between San Jose, Santa Clara, and San Francisco. Uh, what's the, um, you know, just what's sort of the atmosphere been like? Yeah, you know, and again, since this is my first Super Bowl, it's it kind of, it's a little different, right? Because, this is such an odd. Um, this is an odd venue. They're they're in a city um, like San Francisco. They have the Forty ers but they're not actually in their city. Right. And the media center and the and the team is staying forty five miles away. Um, right. And and so this isn't like Indianapolis, for example, right? Where everyone stays at the JW or stays at the courtyard, and then they go through the walkways, and then they're at Lucas Oil. Um, this is very, very different. So you don't get that really intimate feeling that I would imagine you get at some other venues because um, half the day you're you're here in San Francisco and then you ship out to another sand something city and you hope you get your date lines right. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so far, what's been the most memorable thing for you? Uh, has there been a piece that you've because you're 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 doing coverage and then you're also writing columns, right? Right. What's been the most? Yes. Huh? As, as, as far as memorable moments this week? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, I was having a talk uh, with a friend about this, uh, about this yesterday. You know, Bill, uh, I'm a younger guy, but I've, this is my 10th or 11th year writing for newspapers. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm used to dealing with athletes, and there's no, there's no getting starstruck unless it's, you know, unless it's Ali. You know, if I get to sit down with Muhammad Ali or something, then, yeah, I'm going to be starstruck. Exactly. But outside of someone of that stature, uh, and there are very few that occupy that space, these guys are just, they're just guys who are good at their jobs right. um, to me. But, you know, yesterday, Snoop Dogg comes through the media center uh, where all the Panthers are, are talking and he's interviewing these guys. And you look at Snoop and you, and you realize this is a guy that has had an enormous cultural impact for the best, for for a quarter century, mm. and in, in so many different ways, mm. and, and how uh, you know I I listened to his music growing up in Shelby, North Carolina, <laughs> you know, small town, but you know he he transcended so much, and, and you could point to things in your life, and you could say, wow, you know, I was, it kind of divides up life. Like I remember life before I was introduced to Snoop Dogg, and I remember how Snoop Dogg and his for shizzles were were talks in classrooms that I was in for, mm. for months at a time. Mm. And now here he is, and here, here we both are uh, occupying the same space. So that was, uh, that was one of those, wow, you know, here mm. he is, here I am, and, and it was cool. Did you talk to him? Yeah, you know, and that was actually my question to him. Mm, that was uh, great. I said, Snoop, as a, as a cultural, as a, as a guy who's made a great cultural impact, cultural icon, what do you see from Cam and what Cam is attempting to do? Obviously, um, there's the dancing and the celebration through what he wears, what he's doing. Obviously, he wants to win football games, but Cam absolutely recognizes what he's doing and his impact on on culture right now, and how every kid uh, playing, uh, you know, pee wee football is doing Superman celebrations after whatever they do. Um, and so I wanted to hear from Snoop what he thought about. It. He said he loves it, and that <laughs> you know Snoop has his own football league. Uh, his kid is a pretty good football player. He said the kids. 
in my football league. They all look up to Cam. Most of them do a celebration. And I want him to keep doing it. And he said he's a class act and he's doing it the right way. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could talk for another hour, but there's just two two things, Jonathan. Number one, how could people? What's what's your handle? I mean, people want to read uh, what you've been writing. They want to follow you. How can they? How can they uh, check you out? Yeah, I appreciate that. They can uh, follow me on Twitter at jjones9. Uh, and then, of course, uh, my coverage and the rest of my colleagues' coverage at charlotteobserver.com. Yeah. Uh, sort of, well, finally, just for this conversation, but hopefully we'll be talking a lot more. Uh, just, I know that that, uh, that our, my paper, The Times, has done a couple, you know, sort of the anti-football pieces, you know, uh, the, the Willie Wood piece and some other stuff. What's your, your sense when you cover this sport? You know what it is, you know. You know that it's a tough sport. It's a violent sport. People are going to get hurt, some permanently. Um, do, do you uh, do you talk to the many players about this? And what what's your your own thought about as you cover this stuff? Just about how the the violence of the yeah. sport and kind mm-hmm. of the balance of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's odd, um, and I haven't really talked to the players about it necessarily. But it's a conversation I've had, you know, with myself, and a, and a conversation that I've had with others. Yeah. It's funny how we will watch movies like Gladiator, we'll watch movies like 300, or we'll travel to Rome, we'll see these coliseums, and we wonder, yeah, how did people do this? How, how did they do these brutal sports and these games and, and literally kill each other in front of thousands of fans? And what we're seeing now with football and, and CTE, um, and, and what's different about it? You know, where no one's getting chased around by lions and there are no swords on the field, but really, you know, you you break this down to, to an alien, uh, and it's, it's the same. It's, and and we're, we're bloodthirsty, absolutely. And, and it, is, it is fascinating, but how do I balance it? it? It's tough in you because it's so accepted. And a lot of times I do wonder, uh, maybe not a lot of times, but, but occasionally I wonder, you know, I am, I'm covering a sport. I'm making a, a living off of a, a barbaric sport. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we ever frame it in those terms, but, this is entertainment, and guys are wearing different different colored uniforms, and uh, they're named after after horses or, or cats. But this is a very very barbaric sport. Uh, but that is what we as humans for thousands of years have always liked. And so I don't know if it's up to me or up to you or up to the media to point this out and say, hey, maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't like this when. Everything that we know from human nature in literally thousands of years have all we have always as humans been drawn to this. Right, and yeah, forget that. I mean, this it's not going anywhere, we, and we live in a in a barbaric uh, time. And some people could say that we live in a barbaric country, just in terms of yeah. the violence uh, of this country. I mean, I mean that again. This is another conversation, but we live, you know, America, the United States, rather not America, but the United States has has replaced Rome really as one of the greatest killing machines in the history of civilization. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so it, it shouldn't be a surprise that our our pastime is football. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's a, you, you put a mirror, you put a mirror to, uh, to the United States civilization, and this is what you come up with. So, you know, just relax, because that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, I couldn't say it better. Hey, listen, man. Uh, my guest has been uh, uh, the great Jonathan Jones, reporter for the Charlotte Observer. Um, he's done an extraordinary job. Uh, he's been on the program twice. Really been great. And Jonathan, listen, man, I have a tremendous, tremendous time. Don't forget the secret handshake. Don't forget to go to that. <laughs> don't forget to go to that place I told you to get to because there's there's somebody who you need to know who's going to be there. Good deal. I, I look forward to it. And, Bill, again, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for thinking of me on time. Hey, man. Thank you very much. Now, have a good time. All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Hey, this is uh, my guest is uh, Mark Washington, uh, one of my best friends, my longest time friends. I've known Mark since I was, uh, wow, 15 or 16 or something like that. Anyway, Mark uh, Mark Washington, 
went to Morgan, Morgan State University, uh, played for the Dallas Cowboys for eight years, Mark? Nine years. Nine years, and then spent another year with the New England Patriots. He played in three Super Bowls, but he was available for four Super Bowls. I think you were hurt in one, right? You were injured hurt, in yeah. one. Uh, but, five Super Bowls. Yeah, he played. Oh, five Super Bowls. Yikes. Yeah. What's, what's your record? What are you in Super Bowls? We won two and we lost three. Oh, I don't know. I, oh, really? Couldn't beat Pittsburgh twice, you know, so. Yeah, Pittsburgh's always tough. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think that the interesting thing is, you know, as you, I guess when you're in the middle of that stuff, it seems, you know, however you feel. But the further you get away from it, I mean, how many people get to play? How many people even get close to playing in the Super Bowl? I mean, you've played in five Super Bowls. That's that's a lot, man. I mean, does it as as time? Give me the years. What years did well, you play? Well, and, and to make it and to make it worse, we lost two more championship games, so we could have been in seven. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, so give me what years? Give me, give me your Super Bowl years. Uh, the first one was my rookie year was nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. We lost to the Colts uh, sixteen to thirteen on a last second uh, field goal. But you had blocked one. You you blocked you blocked an extra point in that game, right? Yeah, we. Um, you know, it was a, it was it wasn't a pretty game, but um, we, I blocked an extra point that made it uh, at that time. I think it was thirteen to six. I think is what it was. So, uh, but anyway, bottom line, we had a chance to I had a chance to block the um, field goal, and that's the one they show all the time. Of course, when O'Brien made the kick, <laughs> and uh, we for some reason had a middle rush called as opposed to. The normal rush we normally do, which is one I had blocked the extra point on, mm. and this one was like, I guess thirty some yards away. So I would have thought we would have stuck with the same rush, but we didn't do it, and we had a middle rush, which you know didn't didn't really do the job. And when the guy tried to block me, in fact, I mean, if you see this picture like I see it, of course now, and you see where the guy had to take a huge step to block me, and then there was a big gap in the in the. In the, in the line where you know anybody could have gone through and maybe blocked it from the inside, but mm. we didn't have anybody rushing from that side. Mm. So then we um, beat Miami in the next year. Mm. I think it was twenty something, twenty four to three. I think that was a pretty uh, I don't say easy game because Miami was was cup and they came back the next year and was undefeated. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a good rushing game. I think we rushed on a record amount of yards in that game, so we controlled it pretty well. Was that was that the uh, Dwayne Thomas game? Yeah. Is that yeah, when he said he, his – He really had a great game and um, probably should have been the most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like the, Mar- it was like the Marshawn Lynch uh, conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> well, we, like I said, we had – formidable game and we kept them and then they you know of course they had Zonka and Kick and those guys and they were supposed to have a pretty good running game game too but you know we controlled the ball and that's what really helped us win the game I think we threw a Roger threw a couple who was the most valuable player he threw a couple of touchdown passes I think they both were four yards four <laughs> one yard <laughs> <laughs> you know man it just never changes it just never it just never <laughs> Dwayne is out there know. running his ass off <laughs> run up and down the field as Starbucks is the MVP for 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 two yards. Well, you know God, the thing is, I guess that, you know the, at the end of the day, if you win, all is you know well and fair. You know. So. Oh God! So let's let's move on. I'm getting okay, sick. Okay, next, the the next third, time we the came next back time. against Pittsburgh, and that's when we uh, lost to the Super Bowl ten, mm-hmm. and we lost to those guys twenty one to seventeen. Wow! That, now that was your first year starting. Yeah. That's the one I kind of would like to forget about, but uh, right. well, you know, every, every time around this time of year, they won't let me. <laughs> well, tell tell people why. I mean, because I think everybody probably simply everybody who's listening to this, everybody's ever watched it, they, they probably seen you, but they didn't know it was you. Well, yeah, because they they show the principal character, which was Lynn Swan. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that made the catch, and they, you know, they show all the time, of course. And if you look down at the, at the bottom of the picture, this. Somebody else down there who <laughs> yeah. is not as significant. So, uh, well, but you know, but, we we talk about that all the time, and not all the time, but you know, a lot of times you, you've you've had over the period of you. Now, what year was that? That was nineteen seventy six. Oh, so so really, it's thirty years, forty years. 40 years. Ago. 
40 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember Do you remember that like it was yesterday? Well, again, when, yeah, I've seen it so many times, and that's the thing is that you, you play it over in your mind many times because you see it. Of course, now you see it in slow motion and all this stuff, you know, and so you get a chance to really reflect on, on uh, what happened. And, and these things, I mean, they take a millisecond, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if, you, if you make it, if you think that, if you think during that period, it's probably too late. And that's kind of what happened, I think, because I know that when, when the, one of the passes was thrown, you know, it was like, um, you know, they might have been on their own five-yard line or something, and, and so... A lot of times you decide, you you think, should you go for an interception, should you knock it down or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But when you do that, even if you go through that process, it's too late, mm. you see. So uh, I'm not sure, what, you know, what process I was going through. That That's a logical sequence. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, Lensois made a great catch. We were, unfortunately, in what we call our max blitz, which means he wasn't supposed to run you know, 40, 50 yards uh, <laughs> in those circumstances. But, you know, we just didn't really have a very good pass rush. Right. I mean, the, the thing that I recall several years later when they showed us on, you know, the couple of Sports Illustrated, they showed uh, Hollywood Henderson on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, we're really in trouble. <laughs> you know, now I see why they had so much time to throw. <laughs> you have a guy like that, he's not even on the field. Uh, you know, he ran a 9-5, you know, so he should have been blitzing the quarterback, but he wasn't on the field. So, you know, those are the kind of things that, um, you know, you can laugh about now, of course, you know. Right, so, right. Uh, Then after that, um, that that was that year, then, then the, the, the next one? Yeah, the next one we uh, beat Denver. Uh, that was Super Bowl twelve, mm. and I had an interception in that game, which somebody likes to talk about, of course. But you know, <laughs> yeah, what happened? Let's talk about the play. What happened? Set it up. Go <laughs> <laughs> this Bill Roden well, on sports, man. We, we, we actually had a very good defensive game against these guys. I mean, they, they I think they had like thirty-five yards passing wow. during the whole game. Wow, who were their and, receivers? Uh, Haven Moses. I remember I was covering him a lot, mm. and they had. Uh, up church was there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I saw the play. I saw the game for the, one of the first times uh, because a lot of the stuff is available now on what do you call it, the uh, internet, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to watch this game actually on the on the um, internet. I should have been the most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> is that what else did you do for that they interception? Didn't count how many balls you knocked down during that yeah. period, during that you know that that time. Yeah. But I mean, I was involved with several plays like that. But again, you know, we were going against one of our old quarterbacks, uh, Craig Morton. He oh, had a right. really awful day. Mm. I mean, we intercepted him like four times, mm. and um, you know, like I said, they had 35 yards passing, which at that time was the lowest ever. And um, so we, we, you know, they, I think Randy White and Harvey Martin were the most valuable players in that game. Mm-hmm. But again, it was it was total dominance by by all the defense, pretty, you know. So they had to give it to somebody, and that's why I think they kind of split the difference because uh, even though Tutal actually had a super game, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, then, then the, so so you beat that. That was your first victory, first Super Bowl victory. Yeah, well, the one I played, I didn't play right. in the Miami game. Right, right, right. Then the next, the next time, next time we lost to Pittsburgh again. This mm-hmm. one was the uh, thirty-five to thirty-one, the, the crazy game. Because I mean, we were really going into that game never, never thinking we were going to give up that many points. <laughs> I mean, that was just out the question. But there were so many plays that went bad for us that just, you know, you know, I mean, everybody remembers the Jackie Smith. Drop. Oh boy, God! But uh, you know, it never shouldn't even gotten gotten to that because we we had never really given that many points, and we you know we missed tackles. We did. It was just an awful game for us defensively. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Mark. I was talking to uh, a young guy who covers the uh, Charlotte, uh, the, the the Carolina Panthers, and he was saying, you know, he doesn't really see how um, Carolina could lose because mm. they've got this. And then I think, you know, whenever you hear something like that, you get it gets disturbing because that's why they call an upset. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, anything, anything could happen. And I, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. What, what's it like? I mean, you, you played in, you were in like seven of these games. What's it like your first time as a player? You know, you you grow you grow up in high school or whatever, thinking of this stuff, and all of a sudden you find yourself on a Super Bowl team. What's it like? Well, I try to look at it, I guess, 
from the eyes of guys who are playing today because back then it was it was a big game, but it wasn't like it is now. Mm. I mean, now, you know, there's a whole two-week period before you even step on the field. You know, when we played, you, you only had a week, so you didn't have a chance to, you know, kind of um, get caught up in all this stuff. Um, but it's a big game. There's no question about it. But now it's, it's just bigger than big. <laughs> and so I don't care what the guys say. By the time they get on the field, I don't think anybody is, um, you know, at ease. <laughs> is that right? Because, yeah, because of the crowd, because of the, you know, there's, there's all that uncertainty. And when you come out on the field and you just, I kind of remember that when we played Denver, because I remember when we came out and played Denver, I mean, it was this mass of orange. Mm. You know, when when they were introduced, and it's it's like like you've never heard of before, mm. and you kind of thinking like, "Boy, this is going to be not a typical game here." <laughs> <You know? laughs> where was that? Where was that game? What's that? Where where was that game played? That was in New Orleans. Oh wow! But again, okay. they had they had you know that was the, they were the Orange Crushers at that time, right? And they uh, they had a pretty good following, and they gained a lot of support there. So just like I'm sure you know. Uh, these two teams will have there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just because when you go to the game, even as a fan, you kind of pick one of the teams you're going to root for. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the fans, you know, they pretty much let the players know who they're for and who they aren't. And so, like I said, it's going to be a huge uh, when you come out the tunnel. I mean, you know, lights are flashing everywhere and all that, you know, so it's something like guys have never seen before. So, it's not a stroll in the park, and so you can, all the, all the stuff goes out the window in terms of, you know, um, you know, being relaxed, and uh, you know, you. That's why I think initially, teams kind of even have to get the, the the excitement worn off because, um, you know, they they have to overcome that. Mm. I remember mm. the last time I think one was uh, when Denver played and, and the guy snapped the ball. Oh yeah, well, Manny yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, last time Denver was in, he said that yeah. very first I mean, that place kind of stuff happens, and then, and they weren't the same after that. That's right. I guess that's, you, that's what I'm saying. You can't plan for those kind of things to happen, and when they happen, you know, it just changes everything. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you try to plan for these outcomes, and you just never know. And no, no, that's that's you know that's the that's that's the excitement of the game. I think is that even though. I mean, you know, you can go back as far as when the Jets played uh, the Colts. Right. And they were underdogs like they were. And I'm sure they had the same feeling when stuff started going south. <laughs> right. You know, you, you, the, the momentum starts swinging, and it's just really, really tough to kind of change it. Mm. Uh, I mean, you have to be a real veteran type of team. Mm. And I think uh, there aren't many teams like that anymore because, of, you know, of the, of the free agency and everything else. And so – Turnover such that if you look at even the records, a lot of times teams do well when they come back the second time mm. after they've lost. I mean, mm. that used to be the, the kind of the, the norm uh, because, again, teams had been there and they kind of experienced it, you know, firsthand. And then they come back the next year and they're more determined and they know, how, you know, that's what happened to us. Well, when we lost and then we came back, Miami did the same thing. When, they, when we beat them, they came back and won. So, you know, sometimes teams have to figure it out. I mean, because you got to have a plan to overcome all this um, hype that goes on prior to the game. Yeah. I remember the, uh, you know, we were laughing about the other day, the, the, the quote, which I think is one of the greatest all-time quotes of all time in terms of the hype of the game. Remember when the reporter <laughs> asked Dwayne, what did he say? He asked, what did he, say? he asked Dwayne Thomas. Yeah. He said, Dwayne, what do you think about playing in the ultimate game? <laughs> And what did Dwayne say? <laughs> well, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne always had these these unusual things to say. I mean, <laughs> he was ahead. Dwayne was ahead of his time. <laughs> well, he, he he understood. I think um, you know oh, it, it was God. you know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. What was the what was the last Super Bowl? What year was the last Super Bowl you played in? That we played in. That you yeah that you played in yeah. Uh, we we played Pittsburgh in 1979, I guess in in, in January. I mean in January, yeah, that was the '78 season, mm-hmm. and we lost to Pittsburgh that time. That was a Jackie Smith, you know. Drama. Yeah, 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 you mentioned that about three times. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> you know, he's like I am in certain respect. You know, you kind of he, he gets to revisit that every year around this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but, that's, uh, that, I think that's you know that, that's the thing. It's, it's unfortunate to some extent because again, you know it. Um, he was a guy, he came to us uh, late in the season because he had an injury. Mm-hmm. 
And we had played against him so many times before. And, and believe me, the guy was a nemesis to us. I mean, he was an incredible athlete. You know, he used to punish us. And when he came in and he had a chance to go to the Super Bowl again, he was so exuberant and so mm. excited and just a joy to be around. Mm. And that's the thing that just makes it so bad because he was such a great player. Yeah. And yep. yet – you know that happened to him that one play, and that's what people kind of focus on. But they don't, they, they don't really. I, I do. I remember what kind of player he was. Oh, he's he great, was really, Jackie. Yeah, he's you know, Jack, great. Uh, at that time, he was probably the best tight end in the game. Yeah, but you know, like as you say, you know that moment. <laughs> shit, that you know that's kind of what def- I mean. Unfortunately, and, and I guess that's I think one of our conversations about this. You were you were talking about your first time starting Lynn Swan, but you were saying it in the context of. You never know when your moment comes. No, you don't. It, you, know. you don't. And, and you, you know, you. I'm sure the current guys today, because again, it's such a visibility. They are more aware of. In fact, that's kind of what happens. I think the the, the, the the problem sometimes they have, they want to create the moment. Right. And so they'll take chances and do things that probably a little bit out of character, mm-hmm. trying to make it happen. Right. And uh, these things, because again, I mean. In my defense, even though I was, you know, beat, I was always close. Right. Oh, Where yeah, I, some you, of these guys, you, you I've seen on play. television when these guys, they go for the okey-doke, and they're not even the pitcher. Right, right. <laughs> You know, which... <laughs> well, you know, you like, know, like you said, the reason why Lynn Swan was the MVP of the Hall of Fame was because, you know, and I think one of the things you said that was really every every great player, the reason is that you need a great opponent. You, you know what I'm saying? In other words, uh, Ali needed needed Frazier. I mean, you need, you know. In other words, if 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 he didn't really have to make a, a hard catch, then you know it wouldn't have been contested. Well, they wouldn't be talking about today. I mean, and that's the reality. Is right. that I, and I give him all the credit uh, for for going above and beyond because that's kind of what I think that makes a Super Bowl special. Mm-hmm. Is that you know fans should be treated to that kind of performance, right? Where somebody goes above and beyond and does a thing like when um, Marcus Allen, you know, reverse field and mm-hmm. went all the way for the touchdown, you know, those kind of plays, or when you see spectacular plays like the guy made, uh, I forget his name, the receiver for the Steelers, who, you know, they, I mean, they, they, or the guy hit caught the ball in the guy's head and all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, even you know, last last those last are the year, kind of plays that people have gotten used to seeing in in Super Bowls, and so they come for that moment too. Right. Right. So, you know, hopefully this, this Super Bowl will have its share of those kind of moments also. Yeah. Well, two things, man, before, before I let you uh, let you go. What do you think is going to happen? Um, uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, Sunday? Well, I, I, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of, you know, why they play the game, because I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and I listen to a lot of, you know, the experts – <laughs> have an opinion on what's going to take place. But, again, that's all it is, is an opinion. Mm-hmm. When you're a defensive back, and I don't know if you've ever – have you ever played against a quarterback like like Newton or, or like, you know, I mean, I'm going, going through the Rolodex of guys who were like that over Cunningham or, you know, but have you ever what, – what, 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 what difference does that make when you play a guy like Newton – who you know six five? Who could run? Who could throw? You know, even though he's been in the league five years, uh, would give him some degree of difficulty. You know, where you don't get the same look, and you wait to the last minute before you, you know, uh, give away your coverage. So I'm sure he'll see a lot of that. Whereas on the other hand, Manny, who's pretty much seen everything, I mean, um, I'm sure the game plan there would be to put the pressure on him. Uh, and make him have to get rid of the ball relatively quickly, um, because again, the, the, those routes are supposed to be pretty predictable. Even though I go back to the Pittsburgh game, that's what I thought too. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you put the pressure on, and the quarterback has to get rid of the ball relatively quickly. Right, right, and then yeah. So, but that—that's what I'm saying, you know. Uh, you know, every I guess every game boils down to essentially what they say about maybe two plays per game basically yeah. dictate the course of the game. So that means what two plays per game. You look at how many games you play, and probably during the course of a year, 
the difference between the first place team and the last place team was probably like you know ten plays. You know, yeah, or pretty much. Plays. You know, I mean, it just again, um, the timing has a lot to do with it in terms of when the plays are made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because again, particularly in a game like this, I think because again, I think it will be a closely contested game. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Right. I think teams do have an opportunity to come back when things, you know, when you can't ever count out Manning, for example, I think, you know, when the game gets behind like that, unless pressure off and, and really, um, you know, he doesn't have time to throw. I mean, there's just not a lot you can do. I mean, the Panthers have a really great defense. I've seen them. I mean, I saw them when they played the Cowboys, and they're pretty, they're pretty formative. Mm-hmm. Um, so Denver will have a difficult time trying to block them. Yeah. You know, um, DeMarcus Ware, um, the other linebacker who's, you know, all pro, you know, he's, uh, you know, Miller, I think it's Von Miller. Right. So, um, you know, all these little things, again, that, that, you know, you have to pay close attention to. I think a lot of times fans, when they watch the game, they watch the ball, and they really, a lot of keys that you can, the, the determining, determining factors you can watch, Individuals, because the individual matchups, mm-hmm. and that tells you the outcome of the game a lot of times. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mark, let me ask you this last thing before I let you go. Um, this goes completely different, but what do you think about the sport itself? I mean, we're at a time, and I guess I want to ask you how, how your health is. But you know, this is sort of the you know in the past, I don't know, five, ten years, uh, everybody's been talking about uh, health, safety, the place of football in America or the United States culture. Uh, uh, what what do you think on balance? You look back, you had a great career. Um, just what do you think about where the sport is, what its future is? Well, you know, the sport has made a lot of significant uh, improvements mm-hmm. in the regards of trying to protect players. There's no question about that. Um, but I think there are obviously certain limits mm-hmm. um, because, again, the game is what it is. And, you know, in reality, everybody can't play this sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you can't make it such that that's possible. Um, it's like basketball. You know, if you're a certain height, you know, you have significant advantage. And so the guys today are much bigger and stronger and faster. And, you know, it's not going to go in the other direction. So um, I think they're making advances to, to try to – the awareness is key, too. Because, again, I think that, you know, when we were playing back in the day, you know, we, we weren't aware of, of these things. You know, you, concussions were taken very lightly, and, um, you know, guys were anxious to get back in the game and that type of thing. I think now the protocol is such that, you know, guys, um, they're much more cautious and, um, you know, protective of the, of the players. And that, that's, that's, that's good to see. How's your health overall? You know, I have good days and I have bad days. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Mr. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the fact that I can remember a little bit about what happened 40 years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is, you know. That's encouraging. It's good news, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Even though some things I'd like to forget about what That's happened right. 40 years ago. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, my, my guest has been uh, Mark Washington, uh, uh, longtime NFL player with the uh, – Dallas Cowboys and the Patriots, a veteran of of uh, of uh, five Super Bowls. Did we say five or seven? See, I forgot. Five. Uh, five. Five Super. I didn't play five Super Bowls. Uh, and just overall, just generally a really great guy. One of my one of my role models and uh, somebody I've always looked up to. And uh, uh, thank you, Bill. Yeah, Good talking to you. Yeah, no, it's great, great, great. You know, having, having you. Yeah, and uh, we'll do this. We'll have to do this again, man. We'll talk afterwards. We'll get the who are you? Did you tell me who you were picking? Who are you picking? Well, like I said, it's, it's a tough call. I mean, um, you know, everybody seems to be picking the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, after what I saw them do to Dallas, uh, right. <laughs> you know, I'd kind of be foolish not to somewhat agree. Yeah. But, again, you know, anything can happen in the game. I'm, I'm, I have no real favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it would just be interesting. I just want to see a good game. I mean, right. that's the key is that when you watch these games today, you really just want a good contest because mm-hmm. I think everybody – would like to see that. Right, right. 
Yep, that's where I am too. And and, and see some great plays. Right. That's some right. super plays. That's right. That's right. Just re- just remember how you want to be remembered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark. Hey, man. Listen. Thank you so much, man. We have to have you back on to talk about part two. Okay. All right. That was thank Mark you. Washington, the great Mark Washington. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.